Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach, right here on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is on your radio with the purpose to help you murder mediocrity in your life and live the best life possible. So as I ask you every weekend, are you living the best life possible? And if not, this is a place to be because that is my purpose on the planet, to help myself and others live the best life possible. Well, hey, it's good to be back in the studio Again, on another Saturday evening, thank you guys for joining. I got a a great topic lined up for you. Want to talk all about well-being. And I'll tell you what, before I even get into the normal, you know, shuffle of the day and talking about how the week went and all those different things, let me tell you why you want to listen to this particular segment on well-being, Okay. First and foremost, when I say weapons of mass destruction, you probably think about bombs, Iraq. What you don't think about are the things that you're putting in your mouth, like processed foods and sugar. And I can't say I I can't take full credit for weapons of mass destruction. Some of those of you who follow me on Facebook know I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Daniel Amen a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it's been about a month ago. And in meeting him, let me tell you, I learned a lot. But not just that. One of the other things I learned that really shocked me, like that blew me away, was that two-thirds of us are what you would consider overweight. Two-thirds. Two-thirds of Americans are considered overweight. And not just that, but the increase the overall increase in depression among Americans has increased by 400% since 1987. A 400% increase in depression since 1987. And what Dr. Daniel Amen basically says is that most of it is linked to the brain, and your brain is ultimately linked to your health or lack thereof. One of the other statistics is more people die of heart attacks on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. than any other time. Monday morning, 9 a.m., what are most of us doing? Well, getting up, getting ready to go to a job. So it sounds like in some cases our jobs are literally killing us. And it's not just the job, but I, I would also link in the health, our health. So here it is. We've been told that we're supposed to live, quote, unquote, the American dream by going to work nine to five, five days a week, 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week. And then. We work so hard that we neglect our health. We don't pay attention to what we eat. And then a Monday morning comes around. And because of the anxiety we have about this job, 
We never experience what we were working for, which is the opportunity to retire, step away, and live the dream. So tonight when I say we have a situation, when I say that we need to wake up and really begin thinking about our well-being, you know, this is just not another safe, feel-good, inspirational show. I want you to really begin thinking about how you are taking care of yourself. That's what tonight's show is about. Now, over the last maybe six months or so, I took a lot of time and I talked about purpose, the purpose for living. And I thought long and hard about what would I bring when I decided I would move from purpose on to another topic. And in thinking about it, I thought the only thing I can think of that is not as important as purpose is self-love and well-being because you can know your purpose but if you're not around long enough to execute on that purpose what good is it so that's where I want to spend some time even if not this evening I don't know that we'll be able to hit it all this evening so even if I can't finish this evening just like purpose I drag purpose out for four or five months I believe you guys got something from that And now it's a workshop. So if you want to hear about purpose, you got to go to www.murdermediocrity, sign up for the workshop, where you can basically catch up on everything about purpose. And I'm working on finishing up a book that's aligned on purpose. But let's talk about well-being. Because for me, this is probably one of the most neglected topics. I mean, we just don't talk about it. And when we do talk about it, I think sometimes we're too nice. And so I'm a life coach. You guys know that I don't hold punches. And so tonight I don't plan on holding punches all in service to you, all out of love for you. And the question is, how are you loving yourself? And don't think loving yourself is putting in your mouth what makes you feel good. Because everything that feels good ain't good. All right, I got a caller. T, how you doing? How you doing? All is well, brother. And congratulations on your uh, new matrimony. I hope that's going well for you. I appreciate uh, it. It is. It is. God's blessing to you. And, you know, unfortunately, mine is on the tail end after a major divorce and uh, going through a addiction. You know what I'm saying? Because I started abusing myself. This is back... You know, in the early 2000s and stuff, and, you know, and then coming clean, going to the program and getting my head right, and, you know, in the process of getting my head right, I started on becoming, because, you know, in the 12 steps, it teaches you to, you know, your recovery is a selfish thing, and... You know, not only did I become selfish in my recovery, I became selfish in my belief system, what I believe, what I put in my mind. I became selfish in by cutting the TV off, not believing what they say or what they think. Nice. Uh, you know, and also 
uh, adopted a, you know, after losing a job, even being, you know, clean and stuff after a few years, I had lost my job because I was dealing with anger issues because of the marriage, the failed marriage and not being able to see, you know, kids and what have you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, brother, I just basically embarked on, you know, some things, uh, some fights are fixed. And uh, someone once said, he who fights and run away, live to fight another day. Leave certain things alone, leave certain people alone. And I embarked on, you know, I I recall reading back in the days, Dick Gregory's Eating with Mother Nature. Okay. And I embarked on, you know, a vegan diet, not so much a vegan, but a vegetarian or a pescatarian, because I guess I'm a Geechee. You know, I like fish, so. I'm with you uh, on that. I'm with you on it. Brother, you know. (laughs) So, uh, You know, and then basically I had to drop some of my belief systems, no disrespect to the, you know, uh, Hebrew Israelites or, you know, the church or whatever. But I read books that allocated the truth and then they allocated my well-being as to knowing who I am and knowing, you know, where even the beliefs that I was taught came from. So it's a, it was a complete... And, and, and what did that shift for you? Like, so in making all those changes... I'm curious, and I'm sure the audience is curious as well. Where are you today? Like, how how are you feeling, and, and what has that shifted? I am feeling 100, brother. I'm trying to keep this best down because, you know, when you reach a certain age, I don't know, they call it after 30, you know. Uh-huh. But I just call it a slide of love. But, you know, I'm embarking on working out. I took some time off work. I didn't take some time off. I have vacation time. I'm changing jobs, so I'm okay. allocating. I took all my vacation time in one WAP, so I got another week off. I'm uh, hitting Planet Fitness. I'm doing it. I, I'm noticing, like, wow, you know, you could be a over 40 male model, you know. Uh, Absolutely. I'm doing it, brother. Uh, you know, my body adjusts quickly because it, it's not weighed down with animal, uh, dead animal, you know, products. Uh-huh. Uh, my sleep time, when I open up my eyes in the morning, I, it's time for me to get up. Got it. I rarely turn over or, you know, have that, uh, you know, uh, feeling of dread as of getting out the bed. My joints don't ache as much. And also... Uh, with my belief system, I've learned that God is within. God can be in a chair if it holds you up. Mm. So I don't have to go tomorrow to sit with the heathen and the hypocrite and just the big head to honor uh, God one time a year. You know, so basically... You know, life is turning out. I have a new job. I'll be making more money. I plan on travel. Uh, Celine just got through talking about Cuba. I've always wanted to go to Cuba. I'm with you on that. Yes, sir. I've always wanted to go to many South American countries. I want to go to Africa. I want to go where we come from first. Then I'll go to Europe. Got it. Well, hey, T, thank you so much for sharing that, man. That's a beautiful testimony. It sounds like you, you went from addiction and destroying your body to now freedom and taking 100% care of your body. It's work, brother. Believe me. But oh, yeah. The thing about it is, it's a labor of love. Anything yeah. worth doing is always work. I said it last week, but it's hard for us to do the things that we're supposed to do and easy to do the things that we're not. So, hey, thanks for the phone call, brother. All right, brother. Peace. All right. Good one. All right. Excellent. 
so I'm, I'm going to drop these two extra nuggets on you. 40% of men over 40 have erectile dysfunction. 40%. And you can go correct that with a pill or you can exercise and watch your diet. If there's anything that tells you that your health is in danger, I think if you're a man, that will tell you that your health is in danger. And I would think that it would be something that would motivate you to shift your health. And then the second thing I wanted to share, and I shared this before on Facebook, but Microsoft did this study about human attention, our attention spans. And the study basically said that the human attention span is now eight minutes. Eight minutes. We're so distracted. And again, it's not just social media. It's not just technology. It's the brain's ability to focus. Again, I said earlier that part of what feeds the brain are the nutrients that you put in your body or the lack of nutrients in your body. And so the average human's attention span is eight minutes. And so we have now basically beat out the goldfish that has an attention span of nine. We're in trouble, man. And that's part of the reason why I am shifting these segments towards well-being so we can all begin to really think about how can I take care of myself just a little bit better? How can I pour into myself just a little bit more? How can I love myself the way I'm supposed to be loved? How can I take care of the temple of my spirit, of my soul, the way a temple should be taken care of? And I'm telling you, you know, I don't know of any temple that's getting 99 cent value meals. I mean, a real temple. I don't know any temple where they're serving that type of food. I don't know any temple. You know, I've been around the world. I've seen a lot of temples, beautiful temples, some temples that are thousands of years old, still standing. Part of the reason they're still standing is because they didn't use value material, cheap material to build them. And I'm telling you, whatever you put in your body, it is building who you will be tomorrow. How do you think your cells are replicating? How do you think your hair grows, your fingernails grow? It comes from the food. And so are you putting 99 cent value meals in your hair, in your cells, in your eyes, in your fingernails? I'm telling you, these are things that we don't talk about that over the next few weeks I definitely would like to talk about. But I started on a high note. Let's make it where it maybe it's more easy to digest. Let's start to break this down into what I call bite-sized pieces, okay? So when you think about, well, let me start here. This is the information age. And nowadays when I say this, it blows me away. And I think part of the reason that it blows me away is because here we are in the information age where information is free, right? One of the things that I've said before is that the Internet is the great equalizer. And it's the equalizer in that years ago, many of us wouldn't have had access to 
this type of information. And now we have access to information. Now, here's the funny thing is that we have all this access to information, yet we don't use it. I mean, the things that we prefer to look at are the things that will make us chuckle, the things that make us feel good in the moment, but don't feed our minds, feed our spirits, and feed our bodies over the long term. You know, we've become such an instant gratification society that we don't think about tomorrow until someone's telling us that we might not have a tomorrow. So in this information age, everything around us seems to have an energy bar or a power meter. And as a 21st century populace, the majority of us have become what I would say so at one with our electronic gadgets and tools that if some extraterrestrial visitor were to observe us, they would probably mistake a good portion of the Earth's inhabitants for cyborgs with interchangeable parts. And so I know that's a bit of an exaggeration, but believe me, I think the day is coming quickly where we'll have more electronics on us, you know, be it our clothes. I mean, they have wearables now, right? You can wear electronic clothes, clothes that, you know, check out your, your blood rate, your blood pressure, etc. But this is what's happening. Now, here's something else that Dr. Daniel Amen shared when I had the opportunity to meet him in San Diego. Matter of fact, he was on WTTW the other night. Pam and I, we had just finished watching a movie, and um, WTTW was the television station on. And when the movie went off, he popped up, and we're like, oh, there's Dr. Amen. It was cool to see him there. But one of the things he shared is what he calls dinosaur syndrome. So what he basically said is that the more weight you carry, the smaller your brain gets. Because, again, remember, the brain is an organ, right? It's membranes, it's cells. And what he was saying is, in his research, Dr. Amen is a, a psychiatrist and neurologist, and so he basically scans people's brains and compares them in regards to overall brain health, cognitive health. And what he said is one of the things he saw is that the more overweight a person was, the smaller the brain and the more deterioration in the brain. And this is one of the things that he's linked to the rise in Alzheimer's, right? More people are being diagnosed with Alzheimer's than ever before. And part of this, he believes, is our health, right? Which is why I started the show saying that the real weapons of mass destruction are processed foods and sugars. So I promised I would get back into uh, what I was beginning to share around technology and how technology impacts our well-being. But before I do that, I have a call out of North Carolina. I got Chris on the line. Chris, you are on the air. Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Great. First, I just want to commend you for following your purpose and discussing such important topics as these. I'm grateful for that. Oh, you're more than welcome. More than welcome. All right. So my comment is I've been recently reading a book. It's called Working with the Law by Raymond Hollowell. And I'm in the, the business now. I'm of, sorry, about um, who? You, did you say Raymond? Raymond Hollowell. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, it's called Working with the Law. And the very okay. first universal law that he talks about is the law of thinking. 
Mm. And I think that when it comes to wellness, to uh, money, basically anything that we can apply this to in our lives, it all starts with how we think about things. We have so much power in our thoughts, and truly our lives become exactly what we think about. And I'm actually in the business of health consulting. And what I'm finding is that, um, you know, people's success truly lies in their belief in the way that they think about their ability to achieve a goal. And hey, Chris, Chris it's, can it's, you say that one more time? Because they hear it from me all the time, and I love that somebody else is saying it. Please say that one more time, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I said uh, their success, you know, our success truly lies in what we believe. So yes. we, we set goals, but so many times mm-hmm. um, we don't believe with certainty that we're ever going to achieve those goals. And so we'll start a new diet or, you know, whether it's any type, it could be a financial goal. You know, we go into it saying, you know, I'm going to try this new thing, but we truly don't wake up in the morning knowing without a doubt that that weight's going to come off, you know, that I'm going to reach that financial goal. It is absolutely going to happen. It's, it's, it's a universal law of thinking. It's a law of attraction that what we believe mm-hmm. will come to pass. And, you know, this topic really spoke to me, you know, today when I saw what it was going to be because I've been dealing with this every single day. And lastly, it takes daily action. Absolutely. So, you know, our habits, have been formed over many, many years of time, bad ones included. Yes. So, you know, to kind of transition and make that shift into a change, it really takes planning and it takes reading and listening to podcasts and research and, you know, surrounding yourself with healthy people, people that are concerned about well-being and loving themselves. You truly have to, you know, immerse yourself in that change if it's something that you really desire and then focus your thinking on it. And that's where I've seen, you know, true shifts occur. Whoa. Chris, you know what? Love you. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. And let me tell you why it was wonderful. One of the things I talk about on a regular basis is inputs, outputs. And what I firmly believe And what I know, I don't just believe it. I know it from my own life. And I can even see it more so now that I'm married and being with like another person in your space. Our inputs become our outputs. Our inputs become our outputs. So what I just heard you say was this, that if you want to be serious about your well-being, that one, you have to plan. You have to believe that you will be successful. But the other thing I heard you say is then you have to immerse yourself into a community of people who are successful, who are doing this and doing it well. But not just that, you also have to arrange your thinking, find the podcast input, find the blogs input, right? Get on Pinterest input, find all these different things that will provide you the step-by-step methodology around what it is that you need to do to be successful. If well-being is your only input, what I just heard you say is that it's very likely that the output in your actions will be taking care of yourself and exhibiting self-love. Absolutely. You know, they say that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, and I think it's it's a good practice to take a look around, and, and the things that you say that you're focused on should be reflected in the people that you 
spend the most time with that you can see those qualities in those people. Absolutely. Um, you know, in this book, this author says, uh, in the law of thinking, that in order to achieve success, you need to one, think it, two, work it, and three, become it. Love it. So, you know, I think it truly goes back to how you think about it. And then that work it part, you've got to, you know, take daily action and commit to it. Absolutely. And I'm going to talk about commitment in a moment when, when we hang up. When we use the word commitment, I don't think we always really, really, really like link into that word for what it really means. Thank you so much, Chris. Right. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Wonderful phone call. Wonderful phone call out of North Carolina. Thank you so much. So she said commitment at the end there. And let me talk about commitment. So one of the things I teach in my workshops is I talk about commitment in particular because anyone who comes to a workshop of mine, you're not going to walk out without having some tangible, purposeful action, right? So you get inspired, you get all this new clarity around your purpose and what you're bringing. And what I need that person to know is now it takes commitment. So let's talk about commitment because often when we talk about the word commitment, What we don't talk about is circumstance and situation. And when I tell you that as soon as you make a commitment, the first things that are going to pop up on that highway of commitment, right? And when I say the highway, consider that you've made a commitment and the destination is the commitment, right? So let's say I made a weight loss goal, an eating goal, a diet goal. That's the commitment, right? But then as you're on the highway headed to that commitment, you will encounter construction. You will encounter barriers. You will encounter obstacles. You will encounter traffic jams. And commitment is no matter what, I am going where I said I was going to go. That's commitment. But often what happens is we're on the highway of commitment. And as soon as we hit a barrier, right, or, and let's call a barrier in the case of well-being. As soon as somebody has a birthday dinner and they're serving birthday cake, we say, oh, here's a, a peculiar situation. Here's a circumstance that was not a part of my plan. And surely birthday cake is okay. And then we immediately detour off the highway of commitment and make that right or left turn. The commitment is gone. That quick because of circumstance and situation. So what is commitment? Commitment is I've made a commitment to myself. And that commitment is so strong that regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, I will stay locked in on that commitment. And anything else is a breakdown in the commitment. That means I am no longer committed. And if we begin to see our commitments that way, we're more likely to stay committed. But, we know, we live in this society of, you know, forgiveness and the ability to, you know, just kind of do or be whatever you want to be. No one holds each other accountable. And so if I say I'm going to die, I'm doing this and I say, oh, but it's a birthday. Everybody's like, yeah, it's a birthday. And so circumstances, situations, okay. It's okay. We're not taught that if I commit something to myself, to myself is the key, right? Because if I make a commitment to one of you, I'm very likely to keep it. But when I commit to Linnell, very unlikely to keep it.
And so I love that she ended with commitment. And I wanted to make sure that I really share with you all in the workshop. I, you know, I share frameworks and things to really help you stay committed. But I think for now, you all get what I mean when, when I say commitment or when someone says commitment, I really want you to think about that word differently, especially when you make a commitment to yourself. All right, I got Barbara on the line right here from uh, Bronzeville, Chicago. Barbara. Yes, how are you? I'm, I'm well. enjoying the show as usual. Excellent, excellent. And you know, uh, I'm very involved within COBRA, and uh, I just feel that what you're talking about is so important. And I heard you say that the average American can't concentrate but, what, seven minutes? Eight, eight. Hey, okay, Amen. guess what? If you're into meditation, you can concentrate longer than that. Absolutely. Because you know how to get your body still. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage people to try to meditate more often. And definitely as you're meditating, think about that commitment you make. Absolutely. And how you're gonna and how you're gonna follow through on it. Like I would like for everybody to come and join us tomorrow at Washington Park Fieldhouse from two to four. It's Eastern. I told them, bring their Bible or their Koran. We're going to find in those biblical books where reparation is a just thing to do. And that's what we want to emphasize. I had the most disgusting conversation with my neighbor about reparation. He decided to use the wrong adjective to say anybody who's asking for reparation is a, I said, wait just a minute. So, so Barbara, um, I'm all with you on reparations. But oh, I, wonderful, I, I, wonderful. Definitely, I definitely want to keep the topic on well-being, though. And, and it's easy to get well, off. Oh, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're on that because that's important. Because to get reparation, you need to be internally repaired. And that's part of it, what you're I, talking about. Yes, that, absolutely. Oh. All right. Thank you for the phone call. Hey, I'll tell you guys, when I got a subject, I got a subject. I'm for reparations. We could talk about that. That's just not what we're talking about tonight. And thanks for the phone call, Barbara. She talked about meditation. For those of you all who are interested in meditation, and what she said was absolutely 100% correct, meditation will help you with your focus. It will help you with your concentration. I use a couple of different apps to help me meditate. One is called Headspace. So you can download that on your iPhone. I think it's also available in uh, Android. And then another app that I use, and this is more for meditative breathing, but this one is called Mindfulness. And so two apps that I use. Something else that I believe helps with concentration and also mindfulness is uh, yoga. You know, the breathing and the concentration that's required in yoga as an exercise, I believe, is a wonderful practice, and I really enjoy it. It's funny. I was sharing with a, a friend of mine. There was a point in time when I was doing a lot of global travel that basically alcohol became the social tool. I mean, at the end of the day, we all sit around at the hotel bar. And the bar that's in my mind right now as I talk is a, a bar in Nicaragua. Okay, I used to do a lot of work in Nicaragua, so I'd be sitting there with my colleagues, my coworkers, and we end the day, you know, having Florida Kanye rum in Nicaragua. But my drink of choice when I got home would be, you know, a good whiskey. And I knew that this wasn't good for me. And I could also tell because as I started to get older, I was working out, I was in the gym, 
but I couldn't really get rid of those love handles. And I'm like, okay, man, what is this? And I know alcohol slows down your metabolism. Um, and for me, it wasn't like coming home and drinking glass after glass of whiskey. Basically what was happening is I would come home stressed. I mean, my shoulders would be tight. My back would be tight. And I was just looking for some type of relief. And what I found is when I was traveling, you know, my shoulders wouldn't be so tight. You know, my back wouldn't be so tight. And I realized, oh, it's because, well, I was ending the day with a drink. So I started having a drink when I got home from work, even when I was in the States. And so what happened is I developed a habit, right? Like anything else, you start doing it, you develop a habit. And it got to the point where I would come in and I would just kind of put the two fingers on the rock glass, pour the whiskey, and, you know, kind of sit down and sometimes continue working or doing whatever. But I would be kind of knocking back that whiskey. Knew it wasn't healthy, but it made me feel better. And so I got to the point where I'm like, okay, this is not good. I don't want to be, and this is some years ago, but I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be drinking like this. And I couldn't get rid of the love handles around my waist because my metabolism wasn't burning the way it should burn because alcohol doesn't allow your metabolism to burn. By the way, those of you who do drink, not saying, hey, go stop. What I'm saying is we need to be temperate in everything that we do. And basically what helped me put it down was I got into yoga. And so instead of drinking when I got home, what I would do is I would put on some headphones. I would change clothes real quick, lay out a yoga mat, and I would just start stretching. And as I became one with my body, feeling the tension in my body, loosening that tension in my body, what I found is over time I didn't need a drink. And now I don't even really have a taste for it. Like it's just not something I enjoy. So for anybody out there who feels like, hey, you know what? You know, I got to have the alcohol. I got to have this. Know that you don't have to have anything that you don't truly want. And the beauty of the mind, the beauty of the brain is that if you want to be healthy, if you want to do something different, if you fix your mind on that, and you are dedicated to finding solutions and, and replacing that habit that you can change habits, you can take on your well-being, you can be healthy, you can have a healthy and just vibrant lifestyle. So over the coming weeks, stick with me. We're going to continue to talk about well-being. I'll share more of my own personal stories. Love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good evening.